and welcome to the Panic Pod. My name is Elle Jean, and I'm joined by therapist and author based in Manchester, Joshua Fletcher. How are you doing today, Josh? Hi, Ella. It's lovely to speak to you again. I always look forward to these. I'm doing really, really well. My latest book, Untangle Your Anxiety, has reached best-selling status in the UK and the US. Um <laughs> Which is almost like, you know, it's a plug in itself, isn't it? Go buy it. You know, it's uh, untangle your anxiety. Nail but it. congratulations. Yeah. I didn't know that. You literally, like, we have these little, you know, pre-show chats and you didn't even mention that. That's been on your mind the past little while. That's very exciting that that's, like, yeah. gone best yeah, well, I wanted so to include the authenticity. But I can't, um, I can't sound uh, surprised at that either. No. No, thank you. Of course thank it you. did. I mean, I of was, course it did, Josh. I was, I was like, wow, people are actually buying it. Yeah. <laughs> what they're doing? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's going really well. It's going really well. So yeah, if you want to buy it for yourself or a loved one, untangle your anxiety. It's there. Um, a nice big yellow cover. But anyway, enough plugging. Let's talk about. Well, it's stuff. a great. It's great for someone. Even before I met you, I got um, your your first book and. Um, it's a, a really nice accompaniment for people who might, I don't know, if you're getting out in the sun more, you're talking to your friends more, you're not t- listening to podcasts so much more, it's a good book to go get. You're a good and writer. Still, and so. it's still propping up that wonky table of yours right now, isn't it? Oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we're talking about the topic is mental health anxiety. And let's take apart that title and explain what that actually means yeah so you've got health anxiety which many people can relate to and that's i catastrophize about my health i google my symptoms i google my symptoms anxiety holes where i think about the worst thing that could happen to my health yeah so you know this headache's a brain tumor Mm -hmm. my stomach cramps or stomach cancer i'm dizzy because i've got a blood clot Mm -hmm. or whatever i'm having a stroke all my Tuesday, things. my Wednesday, my Thursday. No, I, I always, I always <laughs> chip in talking about health, and mental uh, health, anxiety because I'm, I'm the Googler. I'm definitely that type of person. So, <laughs> yeah, it's something that we do, um, and you can relate to that. But I wanted to do an episode because, in response to what many people um, ask me, actually, um, and it was something that someone called uh shian or shian i can't remember she messaged me a while ago and said can you do an episode on mental health anxiety mm-hmm. um so if we're unpicking that what do you think that is ella if health oh, well, anxiety is just catastrophic- about to say yeah. i'm not even sure what this means so this is not <laughs> this is not a good one to start with i'm just about to be like yeah i'm not really sure how i would sum up mental health anxiety but i'm guessing it based off of your writing i'm guessing it's the kind of panicking about being panicked that that you write a, write about panicking about being panicked. Kind of, it's it's more the fear of developing oh, uh, okay. a, a serious mental health condition. So what I right. hear from people a lot with anxiety disorders is, what if I'm developing depression? What if mm. I'm developing manic depression? What if right. I'm developing paranoid schizophrenia? What if I develop a psychosis that I can't manage? What if I'm developing bipolar? And this is all mental health anxiety. It's like, not only am I struggling with anxiety, am I? is this now going on to develop something further in me? Am I going to start mm. going crazy, you know, and what's all that? So 
not only you know you've got the the voices of the of the anxiety and the anxiety disorder you've also got the voice of yeah well, what if this is actually something worse and then like most of the time with anxiety we 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 this starts to become uh, um a case of misinterpretation you know so people with anxiety when they experience derealization or dissociation that suddenly is the first sign of psychosis you know mm-hmm. uh people with um who experience a bit of elation and joy suddenly that's mm. the first sign of bipolar people mm. who are naturally quite sad because that's what we are we're human beings we no emotion is permanent suddenly or, or what if i'm developing depression mm. and it all kind of boils down to the same core fears that panic attacks like you said before and and panicking about panic and things like that uh what it suggests and that's basically what if i'm losing control absolutely that's so crazy because just like as you're introducing this topic i just started thinking okay yeah what happens when you start like going down that hole you start thinking of all the what ifs and i started to just like write down some what ifs on this like piece of paper next to me it was like what if I'm going down a hill and ultimately it's like, you know, I'm, I'm changing in a way that I'm locked into. This is happening as I age. This is happening because of X, Y, Z. This is happening because of this reason. Eventually it boils down to, I have no control. Like that's so true that it, it, it can come Absolutely. back to that of the feeling of, I'm not going to be able to get myself to a better position because that's going to be out of my control. I'm, I'm sliding. I'm sliding sliding into the abyss when actually we're not. I mean, anxiety Mm. is either on or it's off, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, and people get sad. mm. Like you say, you know, like if, if you believe that that's developing depression, it Mm. kind of refers back to other conversations we've had about being able to pull yourself out without judging your feelings at that very moment, but sort of getting yourself that whole, getting yourself out of the well metaphor that we've maybe used a couple of times of like, getting myself mm. to a better place in order for me to determine, okay, what got me feeling sad or feeling emotional or having a panic attack or anything that that you're catastrophizing the symptoms of mm. and looking for the things that, that cause that at a time when you're sort of quote-unquote sober or just not in the midst of like a, a highly charged emotional state where you're anxious mm. or, or upset. Yeah, absolutely. And it becomes like an attentional problem. So if you take any worry, really, anyone who's worried or anxious about something, it, they, they'd be the first to admit that it takes up a, a, a proportion of their attention for the day. Oh, I keep thinking about this. Or not. But mm-hmm. when it, it can become chronic for people with mental health anxiety. Mm-hmm. So they, it starts with a scary thought, you know, what if I'm developing something incurable? What if I'm, what if my brain's breaking in some kind of way? And, and then obviously that triggers anxiety. But then it's the behavior that keeps it there. So for people with conventional outwards anxiety, it's usually to do with about an event or something that they can jump in on or have control over so you know i'm worried about this gig i'm worried about this meeting i'm worried about this job interview and when the event's over we almost give ourselves permission to be like well we don't there's nothing to monitor anymore but but with this there is something to monitor constantly 
And so the so it starts with the thought, it triggers the anxiety, and then we it suddenly has our attention. Oh my god, I, I better keep an eye on myself just in case this gets worse, mm. just in case that thought is true. And bam, it's got you. Mm. It's got you in the trap. You know what? Mm. If, what if I've got psychosis? Oh my god, that triggers an anxious response. Oh my god, well, mm. if that's true, then I'm gonna have to sit here and. Uh, and keep an eye on it just because that means it gives me some kind of illusion of control mm-hmm. and yet i mean you're probably not gonna have get that and even if you were gonna get that, that's nothing to do with you monitoring yourself mm-hmm. you know so it's one of those things um but that very worry process can be related to by many can you can you relate to that process ella well yeah like um as soon as things start to get off kilter off balance in your mental health and well-being it seems to be when there's a lot of energy for me i guess i'll just talk from personal experience for me it seems to be when there's like a lot of energy that's being spent on trying to figure things out or sort of falling down what feels like that sort of thought loop of of anxiety and so just wanted to share with you an interesting fact that I learned this morning, actually, of all Ooh, things, was fact. that, um, was that like when we're deep in thought, when we're deep in as like, as we're sitting here right now, you know, you're, you're having to <laughs> recall a lot of things and like even have a conversation with me, or if you're deep in thought, writing something down, it takes up 30% of your energy. Like, like the, <laughs> I was I was uh, uh, hearing this lecturer talk about sort of like the the weight of your head when you're actually carrying it on your body, and then the energy that's being used when you're like you know doing some writing or doing some journaling or having a conversation. It's like thirty percent of your body's energy is going into picking something apart. So his this is Whoa. an educational setting. He's saying that. I can't have you all sit here without any sort of comfort breaks because I know this is just a lot to take in if you're like sitting in a classroom setting, for instance, or taking notes. And so when you think about those times, and I'm absolutely guilty of this, I could talk about this rages of like when we sort of um, put a lot of energy into thinking about our emotions and getting caught in a cycle of thinking about our emotions and worrying about yes. what that's leading towards and maybe getting existential or pre-existential just what am I doing in my career and my life and without any sort of um I don't know comfort or boundaries around that you can end up spending a lot of time and energy when you could be enjoying life just kind of feeling like you're having to constantly course correct and and pull yourself out of this this um mental health state that you that you believe that you're in or you're just you're just really scared of of falling down into deeper which kind of self um enables the the fulfills its own prophecy to to be in um a negative mental health cycle in the first place at the same time yeah absolutely and 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 that's the key word you've just mentioned, the cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, not only am I worried, I'm worried about my worry. The worry goes from meta-worry to actually just engaging with the thoughts at face value. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens with mental health anxiety as well as... Uh, what's really good to understand with anxiety is that the patterns are similar everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're engaging with the emotions or the content of the thought, whatever. So with mental health anxiety, okay, we've given it a separate label here, but it's actually just the same worry. Mm-hmm. You're using the same mechanism, that is threat monitoring. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So when we threat monitor about, and we should do it like a separate episode on threat monitoring, I think. But when we threat monitor, when we feel anxious, like a meerkat, we are put into a state of threat monitoring. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is that bet- between the different worries, well, the difference between all these labels is just the content of the worries. So someone who is socially anxious, afraid of being judged, they'll have that horrible thought, that worry. They'll Their anxious response will be triggered. And then what will happen is that they will enter a state of threat monitoring. And it's that threat monitoring that keeps that cycle going. It's the very same as um, mental health anxiety. If I'm suddenly mm-hmm. there and I can, I have that scary thought, it triggers that thing, and then suddenly, well, well in order to prevent that from happening, I'm going to enter a state of threat monitoring. So I'm scanning myself, I'm scanning people around me, uh, I'm scanning for signs of that catastrophe happening. Mm-hmm. And that applies to many things, panic disorder, social anxiety, health anxiety, mental health anxiety. It's the same mechanisms and the same thought patterns. And and, and with any anxiety, really, if you're worried about something, you, you're, in, you're in a state of threat monitoring. Mm-hmm. It really does, and it? it's kind of weird how that, the whole sort of self-perpetuation or, or um, self-fulfilling of, self-fulfillment of those positive or negative feelings seems to like it can go through so many parts of your life to and it gets to the point where if you are waking up in the morning dreading your job and thinking about all the things that might go wrong that day in your job then you're already sort of starting with this feeling of today's not going to feel very good I'm going to have to every, every time this thing comes up again I'm just going to I'm going to slog through it today it if you don't have anything to look forward to in your day and, and that sort of narrative is going on the entire time, then that's probably what you're going to talk about at dinner when you get home at the end of the day. It's just like all of this negativity that's been around you versus this idea of, oh, if I get stuck in the loop, I'll just, I'll just hop out of it. I won't, I won't, like I'll, I'll, I'll have a positive attitude because I get to work with this coworker today or I get to go do this thing and I get to, that's have such a something good point. positive that I can like get myself out of that mindset if, if something negative does happen. It's sort of like if if you're I've sort of I've heard this come up before where um, people talk about the uh, go, going after some sort of success. It isn't just about when the first roadblock comes up. That means you you negate the entire sort of process. Like if you sort of Brene Brown is really big on this of of um, going into something knowing the failure is going to happen (laughs) sorry i'm being cynical (laughs) banking greatly daring greatly banking greatly thanks (laughs) brené yeah (laughs) yeah i guess just like yeah going into situations where you know that there is going to be negativity that comes along with your um your effort and what you engage in Absolutely. I, I love that point where you said, like, <laughs> people can go and, and, and engage in those thought loops, even everyday people and stuff. And and that's a reassurance for people with, say, anxiety disorders or mental health anxieties that they feel isolated. They feel like they're freaks. They're the only ones. And yet 
actually the mechanism the same thought cycle is is present in a lot of people except yes they yeah. don't aware they're not aware of it you know do you know people yes. in your life who are just genuinely quite measurable like they're draining to be around like a dementor from harry potter they're people that can't step outside of the metacognitive boundaries of their thoughts and feelings they're the people that can't stand there and go i've realized i'm engaging in this thought routine all the time they just don't know you know, mm-hmm. they just they, they just take it face value. Whereas mm-hmm. people with anxiety, excessive anxiety, anxiety disorders, whatever, that's actually an opportunity for you to utilize the skill of metacognitive awareness where you mm-hmm. can stand outside and go, mm, I'm noticing my thought patterns are a bit mm-hmm. round. I'm going round in circles here. Oh, brilliant. Well, here's a chance for me to change that. Mm-hmm. Here's a chance for me to practice being comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, a bit mm-hmm. like what I was talking about with Ben Aldridge a few a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. and and it's a bit like there's an opportunity for me to do that, or we can just keep going around the same cycle over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I did. Yeah, just want to pull in that example of when you're just working with someone day to day because I think we've all had that. You know, you have that fellow student or even a teacher or a coworker who just no matter how much you try to cheer them up in the day <laughs> and it's because you might not know everything that's going on in their life fair enough and that's sort of a sign of of it being like something that that person isn't ready to pull up and, and talk about either but we can notice sort of the same things going on in our inner monologues and if you notice that there's just that negativity waiting for the first bad thing to happen every day then it can be an opportunity to try to just take a step out and go what's wrong in the balance here that I need to take a closer look at so that this, mm. isn't, this isn't happening every day. Cause it can really start to wear on you. And, and also it's important to realize that like everyday normies, normal people, they have that fear of that people with mental health anxiety do surely. And yeah. you must have like, if I push this too far, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. No, that is mental health anxiety, the fear of mm-hmm. a breakdown, the fear that this sustained stress will lead to something. And, and to be honest, yeah, if you if you do live a life with complete sustained stress, I mean, there's no such thing as, as a like a, a breakdown's very vague. But will your amygdala, your anxious response, start going absolutely bananas because it doesn't understand why you're so stressed? Mm. Yes, it will. And that constitutes sometimes to a breakdown, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's one of those, like, how much do I put on my plate? How much do I put in my stress jug? Mm-hmm. Um, and before it starts to become a bit of a gamble in terms of, you know, how much of my own resources am I dealing with? Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is for that jug to overflow. And then you start to misinterpret that jug overflowing as, oh, my God, this is the sign of me deteriorating my mental health is deteriorating um i've got anxiety about my mental health is it going to be something is it going to turn something bad etc and Mm -hmm. then you end up in that thought cycle that just keeps the jug full and you can end up there for ages and ages and ages i've worked with clients that are like you know i'm afraid of developing acute psychosis and i've been afraid for nine years it's like well Sounds like you'd probably developed it by now. If you know what's yeah. worrying doing for you, is there a metacognitive belief there that worry is preventing mm-hmm. the psychosis? Because it's not. You can stop worrying about it. You can sit back, enjoy a beer on the, in a garden, and just assume it's not going to happen. Because if it's going to mm-hmm. happen, it, it will. It's nothing to do with you being anxious. It's mm-hmm. nothing really to do with you being stressed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really interesting when you, um, <laughs> just peeling back a little bit, but I, I, this, this full tie in of like you, you referenced, um, talk about the anxious response, like, oh yeah, like that's when you're a meerkat up on your hind legs is I think what you said. It was, it was interesting, um, listening recently to the Krista Tippett, um, podcast about, um, on the topic of, of some of the stress and anxiety that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused, but um, talking about the body response and when you start to go into the, I want to call it not just neuroscience, but sort of that physiological somatic science. Like when people talk about um, mind and body responses sort of like as one holistic area of study um they talked about how even just as as you work if you notice how your feet are positioned under your chair and if you're on the balls of your feet that's uh a message from uh that that many animals sort of exhibit the same posturing but it's it's a message sort of in our 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 mind and body connection that when you're on the balls of your feet and you're on your toes you're in not the rest and digest system but sort of the alert aware um not quite fight or flight but certainly like cortisol moving stress system threat response threat response and um i find those sorts of things so interesting because it's when you can sort of recognize just small things about um like flags flags up for okay my cortisol is is um is going now it's i might just be thinking about my life or or thinking about um thinking about my career right now or thinking about something that i think is just like kind of a minor stress but like what's happening with my body and if i notice that oh i'm actually like my posturing is quite stressed right now like my my forehead is in my hands and like I'm actually quite stressed about this. It can be sort of a clue of like, if you're spending 80% of your time in a stressed and negative headspace, you're in that cycle without even having made any choice to engage with a cycle. You know what I mean? Like, um, Mm. I think that there is a lot of stuff that we can take from, from people who have studied like how that's affecting the body and like body posture to, um, to, to make us aware of when we might be just about to go down that hole or already sort of like in that, that negative headspace trying to, Mm. trying to get out of feeling anxious. Yeah, no, that, that makes, that makes um, a lot of sense and trying to get out of it. And obviously when the content of the thoughts are scary, it's, it's difficult to get out of it. Um, Let's kind of, let's put you on the spot. I love putting you on the spot. It's great fun. Yeah. Um, Knowing that we've learned what we've learned so far, so about false comfort, seeking reassurance, uh, engaging with the content, uh, perhaps not stepping away and mindfully detaching, which again, we can talk about in the future, uh, not observing your thoughts and emotions, what they are, perhaps not seeing anxiety as a false alarm, but just, you know, just kind of being there with mental health anxiety you know I, i've come to you you're an unlicensed therapist but you're still great and ella and i say to you hey I, I, I'm, I'm i'm really anxious i keep having panic attacks and i'm afraid that this is going to lead to something more i'm afraid that i'm actually developing like schizophrenia or, or psychosis or mm-hmm. heavily clinical depression where you know mm-hmm. 
what, what do I do? What, 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 what would people do given that, what should mm-hmm. they do, Ella, given what we've learned so far? Mm-hmm. Well, um, my approach is always sort of looking, <laughs> you think about what's going on inside somebody's mind, but you also want to think about their behaviors and how they're actually um, oh. moving around in the world every day. And so, um, you know, in my unlicensed therapist opinion, I would say <laughs> that reflecting back, we've talked about in this episode of, of what you say of um, what does your day look like when you're wrapped up in these thoughts and feelings? And if that's sort of a, a lot of stress, a lot of that, not quite fight or flight, but definitely, you know, I'm 30% of my energy is going into just thinking about my thoughts and feelings. And that's taking away from my life because I'm, I'm, I'm constantly stressed about what's going to happen next in my life. What I'm supposed to be doing daily things. I'm doing, (laughs) I'm doing the dishes. I'm going my daily life and I'm stressed or I, or I find myself frozen when I'm working or procrastinating because I'm just so wrapped up in what's going to happen next in my life. And I notice that I'm stressed. And I think if you find yourself in a phase of life where you're noticing a lot that you're stressed, then comes in the metacognitive self-compassion is what I go to first before anything else. Obviously, you know, taking time for yourself, finding something positive that, that gets you physically moving is always good. But before any of that, you have to allow yourself the time to acknowledge what you're feeling. And self-compassion sometimes just means just feel what you're feeling. Like just give yourself, give yourself space to cry or whatever it is that you have to let go of to to be nice to yourself and to to kind of get out of that thought get out of that life pattern that that has you so stressed i think is where self-compassion if that's the first thing that you go to then the other next step that you need to take will make itself clear Um, and that means different things different people yeah self-compassion could be calling a friend but i'm not going to blanket say that you know calling a friend is the the first step for Mm. everybody but it is that sort of asking yourself what do i need self-compassion and getting out of the pattern absolutely Mm -hmm. first of all don't criticize yourself for being in this situation Mm -hmm. and now let's identify the pattern actually Mm -hmm. the pattern is i'm having these thoughts i'm afraid that i'm going to lose my mind or go bananas or lose control in some way and it's Mm -hmm. always about losing control as we've covered Mm -hmm. um now i can continue with this pattern Mm-hmm. Seeking reassurance, false comforts, empty mm-hmm. reassurances. Um, or I could step out of it and go, hold on. Mm-hmm. And just like you said then, what would non-anxious me be doing now? I'm mm-hmm. giving 30% of my energy to this this cycle, which yeah. obviously then triggers more anxiety, which then takes up more of our energy. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to say, like, you know, as speaking as someone who who – uh, yeah, when we're talking about having experienced these different anxieties, sort of like, you know, a social anxious pattern is all the anxiety around leading up towards your exposure of like going to have an interaction with somebody, but then at the last minute going, maybe I'm too anxious, maybe I just shouldn't go, like kind of pulling yourself hmm. all the way around in this in this sort of like negative thought pattern or realizing that you tell yourself like that it... Um, disengaging like the the pattern is the disorder is what i was going to say the pattern is the disorder if you find yourself in the pattern that is the disorder that you're stressed about leading towards but the pattern itself is the disorder so if you can disengage with that pattern absolutely that's all you Absolutely. Have to do. disengaging with the pattern seeing it for what they are thoughts are thoughts 
-hmm. Sometimes they come with anxiety. Sometimes they come with different emotions. And just because you have a what if I'm losing my brain, you will not lose your mind due to anxiety. You, panic attacks do not lead to further problems. Just because you are depressed does not mean that will lead to a clinical depression where you end up throwing yourself off a bridge, you're shooting yourself through the head. Sorry for my candor, but that's what happens. That's, these are the kind of things that people are afraid of. Is this the first sign of my demise? Is basically what you're saying. Mm. Mental health anxieties. Is this the first sign of my demise? That thought scares me so much. I'm going to enter a cycle, and a cycle of worry, rumination, and control to prevent that catastrophe from happening. No, and as Ella said, it's wasting energy. It's wasting energy. It's teaching the amygdala that it's dangerous, that the thought is in some way possible, and so therefore we could, or we have to control it. No, mm -hmm. get out of that pattern. Pattern, pattern, mm -hmm. pattern. I'm so glad you brought up about patterns, Ella, because that's what it is about. Get out of the pattern of cyclical thinking mm -hmm. and behaviors when it comes to, well, today's topic, which is mental health anxiety, but worrying in general. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you know, this is this is maybe I just need to, to write this uh, this down for a future episode because it's too much to get into and we're just wrapping up. But sort of, I find it so interesting we will think about this for another episode that that pattern that we put ourselves in is doing something to compensate for the feeling of control that we want to be in. And oh. Isn't that interesting? Oh, that that's we're, the line we're, of the episode. <laughs> that we're trying to sort of create some type of having control over what we're feeling. And sometimes we just do that by getting in this horrible <laughs> cyclical disorder that we just that manifests in our behavior and, and, and our stress and our feelings. But that's, I think there's sort of more, more reading and research and thinking that I have to do on that. That's before we amazing. Can can we, we should get it. that. I think get that clip that you've just said there <laughs> and, and, and promote that. I've loved Absolutely. In a nutshell, that's the problem there. Mm -hmm. I think that's excellent. Um, and and we'll try, we'll try, if you can remember, put that in the episode description. That's incredible. Uh, absolutely. It's that. It's the illusion of control over something. And no. control is an illusion. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Control illusion. And then we can go to conspiracy theories. Who really has control? Actually, no, no, no. Don't. We won't do that. Um, that was excellent. Um, thank you very much. Mental health anxiety. You know, um, if you want to learn more about anxiety, buy Untangle Your Anxiety. Because if your anxiety is tangled, then untangle it. But mm -hmm. if you don't and you just want to keep listening to these free podcasts with Ella and myself and special guests, um, mm -hmm. then, yeah, just keep tuning in in the future. Drop us an email if you want, talk at thepanicroom.co.uk um, or DM Ella or I on, on in, or the Instagram pod, the, the Instagram page, The Panic Pod. We get lots of, we're getting mm -hmm. lots of uh, traction there now which is really nice yeah and, uh, and let's just take a moment of appreciation to say like thank you for for people i know on on the last episode we asked but hey if you could throw us like itunes reviews like we have just such a great amazing group of listeners for this podcast that are so incredible and i think what we're doing what we try to do every time we sit down here is that like creating a space that you can just stop and think about your mental health for a minute yeah. <laughs> without trying to make this sound like too much. Like really that's what we love doing. We love recording this because it's just a nice space to kind of 
air out some discussion on a topic like that. I always go away reflecting on what we spoke about, and it's really great. You know, and, 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 and for for myself rather yeah, than just others, yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like I, we we're really getting a lot of love from people who have sent in emails and when they like tag us on Instagram and, and in those comments and stuff about just like they're doing the same thing. And so thanks to you for like taking a minute for yourself and and just I don't know, yeah, being good to yourself through this as well. I think it's important. And with that, I would say that the reason why we ask y'all to do these iTunes reviews and stuff like that is because we would love to give this same awesome, comfy, relaxed space to anybody else in your life who you think could use it. So with that being said, thepanicpod.com, you can send our podcast to anybody important to you. Oh, thank <laughs> Anything you. Else to plug? Excellent promotion. <laughs> Please, yeah, give us some po- podcast reviews, particularly on, on, yeah, on Apple Podcasts, and then screenshot it and message it us and we'll thank you personally. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate that. Right. Mm-hmm. You have a lovely rest of your day in sunny London. Oh, you have a lovely rest of your day in sunny Manchester. It's going it to be a good sunny. one now. It's lovely. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'll catch you soon, Ella. Okay. Catch you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye.